0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're actually multiple times per day, uh, through the month of June for whatever reason. Actually there is a, it's not for whatever reason. We have a very specific reason. We're doing the all 32 series where we break down uh, with an excellent guest, someone who knows the team well, every single NFL team, or at least like 15 of them until we get tired of the series and we give up and don't cover the Jaguars. Uh, we have a Cowboys episode in the feed with Jane Slater of NFL Media. Check that out. It's a fascinating conversation. A lot of DAC talk. And uh, now to break down the Dolphins. Great friend of the show. Long-time friend of the show. Uh, maybe – Uh, If we had a leaderboard of recurring guests, he might actually be the number one most recurring non CBS guest. Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. Bees, what's up, buddy?
1: Yeah, your advertisers are now running for the hills after hearing that plug.
0: Follow Bees on Twitter at Adam H Beasley. Obviously, read him. Support hashtag Support Local on the Miami Herald. Um, So, I think the obvious question is, what do you think they're going to do with the quarterback position? First of all, I'll say this: like, and I I mentioned, I thought. Let's back up one second because I want to ask you about the, the draft itself because, you know, you guys at the Herald – and you're, everybody did this down in Miami because the team was leaking out aggressively that they did not like Tua Tugavaloa. Uh And, look, it's your job to talk to sources and to report it. And – that okay, so do you think they did a good job with the smokescreen or is it just like they did a fine job and it's just sort of the way the market worked and Tua's health was that they landed him at five?
1: Yes. Uh, I think that he- – <laughs> I think the idea that Chris Greer was here intentionally putting out disinformation is a bit wrong. I think that they were clearly on the fence two three weeks out. Okay. They, did, they didn't know for certain until the medicals came back at the end that Tua was going to be their pick. because And, and again, they weren't going to move up for him anyway because of the risk right. because of the fact that you don't know for certain his body is going to hold up. So they weren't going to give up a first-round pick to go up to three to get a guy that might be damaged goods. They thought that this is the this is the guy we like the most. Obviously, his tape is. I think his college team than Joe Burrow's. I think he would have been the number one pick in the draft, even if uh, you know Burrow. Well, had, you think if, you had, think
0: if you think if he was if Tua was completely healthy, even with Burrow doing what he did, Tua would have been first.
1: Yes, because his wow. he, he he has he has three years of evidence. I mean, yeah, if, sure. If, if Tua had, he would have made it through the season healthy, he obviously would have been in the college football playoff again. Yep. I mean, they, they would have been they would have almost been got himself. in without him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he would have had three or four more games of high level tape against the best teams in the country, um, and he did it for three years. I mean, his one of his first passes as as a collegiate was to win the national championship. I mean, yeah.
0: and it was he's, a bomb and a walk off. <laughs> great, yeah, it was a
1: fantastic throw. So no, I, I think that there would have been enough teams out there to make a, to the number one pick, and if the Bengals were on the fence about it, they could have traded out. I mean, if they they were fine with either one of them, they could have taken that team's ransom that the Dolphins and other
0: teams offered. Or at least the the Redskins were going to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. if Tua is 100% healthy, he goes two, worst-case scenario, and the Redskins get a bounty for him. But because people just didn't know, and again, like, it's easy. We're used to it now, but, like, it was, it was very weird to deal with a, a, an injured prospect who had multiple injuries throughout the course of his career in a corona situation where he just couldn't check these teams, get, get checked out by these teams. Um, how do you think the Dolphins will play this in 2020? Because I think there's a lot of people who think there might be a redshirt situation and they might let Fitzpatrick play. He obviously, I think it was, the, who did he, he did an interview with, um, uh, was it Joe Thomas? Eric Wood, maybe? Eric Wood, that's right. Sorry. Sorry, Eric Wood. Sorry. I'm, I'm, all those linemen look alike to me.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: all those retired, skinny, offensive, former, purple, offensive linemen look alike to me. Um, the yeah, so he talks to Wood and he's like, "Look, man, I'll give him whatever he needs." Like Fitz doesn't seem he's not gonna be mad if he loses the like. How, how do you think they're gonna play this out? I guess is my question. Well, there's a lot of
1: uh, layers this onion to, to unpeel. Uh, Fitz was on the fence about even playing again this year, even though he's under contract late last season, and I spoke to him in a private moment. No tape recorders, just just chatting. He's like, no, what's going on? And I could see he didn't want to get into it. I was like, well, is it your family? He's oh, no, it's not a family situation. In my mind, what I think we, – we thought the time was, well, he wasn't going to come back if he didn't know he was going to play. Right. I think he didn't want to come back if the offensive coordinator was still here. And that's Chad O'Shea, who came here from New England uh, last one year. And it was – we wrote about this a couple of weeks ago in the Herald. Uh, the whole – we walked through the whole – process of what happened and he had lost the team essentially lost the offense he was over his head uh bleep show was the word that one of the players said to, to describe it I don't think Fitz wanted any part of going back to that kind of situation so when the Dolphins made the change brought Chan Gailey out of retirement to run their
0: offense Fitz's Fitz guy by the way he got it's Fitz. he got fits 80 million bucks in Buffalo people forget right. that was like <laughs> I mean, we were I mean that was like when did you start? When we started around the same time, right? Or we we gone over this a million times. But like roughly the same timeline in terms of working in the NFL media. Like, it, I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick got a seventy million dollar contract from the from the Buffalo Bills. Like, right. it, it was crazy. Yeah, I, even though he has twenty seven
1: kids, he's never going to run the money. Thanks to thanks to right. Buffalo Bills.
0: Thanks to Galey. Uh,
1: But no, I I think Fitz wants to play, but I, he knows he knows the score. He was upset last year when he was benched for. Josh Rosen because he sure. knew Rosen wasn't good enough. I mean, he knew he's he wasn't going to say it publicly, but he knew he was a better player than Rosen, and he thought it wasn't helping the team. If Tua plays this year with the team set up how it is, he's beaten fits That that's he's going to earn that time because I I know the the Vegas has him at six wins. I know you know the FPI and all that don't think they're a five hundred team. Even uh, I look at a roster that was horrendous last year, absolutely awesome. horrendous.
0: Awesome. One of the
1: worst teams ever assembled. And they won five games and they won in Foxborough and they won in a lot of different ways you wouldn't expect. Now fast forward a year and they put tens and tens and tens of million dollars of guaranteed money uh, into a, into a locker room plus 11 draft picks, including three in the first round. If they're only one win better, that's a, that's a failure. I mean, that is a huge failure for this team. If they only go from five to six wins this year, whoever's going to play quarterback for them this year is going to be good because Fitz knows that system as well as anybody. Uh, He's comfortable with the personnel. If he wins the job, it's going to be because he's good. Uh, Do I think they're agreeing to wrench Tua? No. Um, I think that there's a chance that he could start out on PUP during training camp, particularly because they're not going to have any chance to see him this spring. If it was a true open competition from April 1 or May 1, or whatever it is, they would have reported for OTAs, um, and and Tua had a chance to get that entire offseason in the system, there's a chance he might have beaten out Fitzpatrick. He's that good. But I don't see a scenario with – with if it's just a compressed, real quick, four- or five-week audition, how he's going to have enough knowledge, enough reps to, to be their starter week one. For me, the wild card Rosen. What what do they do with him? Because I think Vince is going to start. I think Tua is going to take over at some point if they don't get to where they want to get to. Uh, but what happens to Rosen? Because – I mean, talk about a guy with zero trade value now. I mean, he, I he needs he. Uh, I was having a conversation on our own pod, podcast, by the way, Dolphins Depth, Armando Salguero and me. Well, and, away. He was, and he, I appreciate it. Will and and he was <laughs> and he was saying, well, why doesn't Rosen force his way out? And my answer is, with what leverage? I yeah. mean look, the only way he could force himself out at this point is if he get he's so annoying they just cut him. Or like and go get I,
0: arrested or something like, like, like be like be like total a hole and they're just like, All right, look, we don't want to deal with you. But I mean even then, like, you know Fitzpatrick's time is coming to a close. Rosen does have a pedigree, he's still just twenty three years old, he's under contract for two more years. Like, if he's a good teammate and he's quiet and he works hard, like he's got some I mean, like it'd be crazy to get rid of him. I mean, he's he's a sheep as hell. Especially, yes, yeah, even for a number three
1: quarterback, $2 million is very cheap. Right. Uh, but but not only that, uh, who's to say that Fitz doesn't get coronavirus? Who's to say that Tua doesn't get coronavirus and they've got to shelve the guy for two weeks mm. and all of a sudden if, if, if Fitz gets sick, Tua's not ready, what do you do? you got to have someone who's got some experience. on. I know he's not a ton of experience, but you have to have someone in the building ready to step up and play. So I think they keep all three. They're going to alternate between two and Rosen, who's on the, the active on game day. I, I doubt they'll keep all three active. And uh, and he'll have a chance to, to rehabilitate his reputation and his career. Um, I, I, I think the likeliest path for Rosen is he, he goes through the season largely as the backup, maybe sometimes as number three. And then he has a chance in 2021 to be their clear-cut number two because Fitz Ooh. isn't going to be here in twenty one. Or if he plays well enough in the preseason and in spot duty, the Dolphins get some for him and, and flip him for a draft pick.
0: Yeah, and I think it's uh, it, it's a good point that you make. Like so and I think you know, Fitzpatrick probably not gonna be there past twenty twenty. You know who probably else isn't gonna be there? Chan Gailey. Like I mean I mean I am mean, not saying he's not gonna stick around for a while that he's not he's great at his job, an underrated coach in terms of the pantheon of, of offensive coordinators and actually was fairly decent in Dallas, I guess. But um like Fitz, if Tua beats out Fitz in a Chan Gailey system, it means Tua is ready to play, like, to play at a, at a pro bowl level almost. You know what I mean? Because like, that's how familiar Ryan Fitzpatrick is with the system. And so, yeah, I mean, I I think that's, I think that's interesting. And like, it, it, I don't think you would bring back Chan Gailey. I don't think you would bring Chan Gailey out of retirement as like the long-term setup to pair with Tua. You know, like, that's not the play. Okay. So. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll discuss more matters uh, at hand with the Dolphins. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, so what is the story? I mean, like the, this quarterback thing with the Dolphins is all anybody's going to talk about. That's just how rookie quarterbacks work. Um, what is the storyline that uh, people, not enough people are paying attention to with the Miami Dolphins?
1: I think their secondary has uh, the chance to be the best in the National Football League. I, wow. think, they can be, I think they can be the best coverage secondary um, in all of football. And that sounds crazy because they gave up a bajillion yards last year. Well, they gave up a bajillion yards last year with Xavier Howard missing most of the season, with them playing guys literally off the street late in the year, uh, with Bob McCain still learning how to play safety, with Eric Rowe making a position change to safety. Now, fast forward a year, and they've got Xavier back healthy. They have that experience with McCain and Rowe. Rowe is one of the better covered safeties against tight ends you're going to see. I mean, they, they kind of just stumbled into him. They got, they signed him to be a corner. It didn't work out there. It was like, all right, let's try him with safety. And he got a contract extension out of it. Um, and then you throw in Byron Jones, who's the best free agent position player available. Best, best free agent, not a quarterback available. In, in, in and
0: only available because the Cowboys, who, by the way, check out the Jane Slater podcast about the Cowboys, are idiots and paid Zeke Elliott instead of paying Dak Prescott and then being able to franchise Tagamari Cooper inside Byron Jones. But, yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there. And it worked to the Dolphins'
1: benefit because they got – I mean, it was stunning. We thought – Zabians had some issues. He's got had his health. He had an arrest, although those charges have been dropped. So we were thinking, are you are you cutting are you trading Zabian Howard? No, they're going to play him together. And and then to, to the cherry on top was that with their third of three first round picks, they drafted Noah Igbenogamy, whose name I mangle every time I say it. I but somehow
0: I know it's Igbenogamy. Igbenogamy? I, Igbenogamy. Like I, like,
1: I, like, I, like 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 rhymes with monogamy. Yes. 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 Okay. okay. That's how I'll, I'll remember it. Right. Because
0: uh, you and I both practice at a high level monogamy. Obviously, I mean oh. it's the only only way that I can convince someone to deal with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 You don't get you don't get polygamy with this package. And <laughs> no. I think, think anyone sticking around <laughs> one
1: or the other. Yeah. So uh, this is my two thousand twelve. My first year covering the Dolphins. So this is my ninth season coming up. Um and this is more talent than I've ever had at that position. Is it going to be enough? I don't know, but I do think that they are going to be uh much better in coverage than they have been in the past and they might be a top five defensive backfield when it's all said and done.
0: Have you secretly covered like fourteen different scandals? Oh my God. I mean, that's a... <laughs> blow gate. <laughs> <laughs> like blow slash hooker gate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you could you could do a thirty on thirty just on Richie Incognito. I mean uh, that's the, the the scandals that he had in, in Miami alone are alone are wild. But no, it's been
0: Oh it's my been, god, you started you, you started with Joe Philbin.
1: Yes. Yeah, they had the hard know, about, yeah. For years and years and years and years, this team was only in national news for being embarrassing. Like for doing something that's totally out of bounds. This is the first offseason that I've been like, whoa, this is what it's like to cover a team that has natural national interest – for a good reason. And, and it's been great. I mean, uh, they're only going to, we, we talked to the team CEO today and we talked to uh, Miami Dade mayor because the Dolphins had a, and I should plug this is really cool. They're doing a, a, a community uh, outreach program where they're giving away a thousand meals a day for the next year oh, for people who are suffering from COVID and, and Flores and Greer and Tom Garfinkel, the CEO and the mayor of Miami Dade, they're all at the stadium today um, giving away, uh, giving away food for the start of the program. But we got a chance to talk to, to, to these people and the mayor says, "Absolutely, there will be football at Hard Rock," uh, and he thinks they're going to be able to get like fifteen thousand people in that
0: building. What uh, What is one? What is the biggest position battle for the Miami Dolphins to watch as we sort of? And uh, it's a, it's early June. We're recording this, and obviously no OTAs, but. We think we're getting training camp. So, like, what is and you know it's a month away, month, two months away, whatever it is. But what what do you think is one position battle that is worth watching for the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Could it be Jordan Howard and Matt Breida? Or does no? Ooh, that's a fun. See again, Matt Breedo,
1: Who remembers that he's on Dolphins at this point? I mean, that 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 is that is the perfect snapshot of of Corona brain. I mean. You, you, it happened the day three of the drafts. The Dolphins had twenty seven picks that day, and all of a sudden, oh yeah! By the way, we may have a new starting running back. They just kind of slipped that right in. So no, that's going to be a great battle. My guess is they're going to split carries anyway. So no matter who starts, it doesn't matter. They're both going to be out there. Uh, I think offensive lines pretty wild because they drafted three dudes. Yeah. they signed Eric Flowers. They signed Ted Karras. They've got I mean they've, they've got some horses there now. Um, they, they they have legitimately twelve guys who are going to compete for for seven or eight spots. Guys are going to be the active on the, on the, on the forty six. It's more than 46 now, isn't it? How many is on game uh, day?
0: Yeah. Again, Corona Brain, we'll look it up. We'll tell yeah. You.
1: It's it's like 48 or 49 now. So but uh, you're
0: going to have... No, I was going to say, I agree with you completely. And I think the offensive line is very interesting for Miami because, like, you sort of have to balance this. Like, do you want to put... You know Solomon Kinley and Austin Jackson and Robert hunt out there I mean the, you know th- three guys taking the first you know four rounds of the draft or you know I mean like where how do these guys slot in there and if you do put out these young offensive linemen do you then want to go with Fitzpatrick so Tua a tongue is it being by the way you got stuck with Tua of and Noah egggg that is tough on the that same thing. on the same night. Yeah,
1: (laughs) within hours of each other, it was.
0: Bees, can you do a radio hit? Absolutely not. I cannot do any radio hits. I'm practicing my pronunciation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like you, like, do you put those young guys out there with Tua? Because if you do that, you do run the risk of you know your young quarterback who has been injury prone taking more hits with an inexperienced offensive line, right?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Austin Jackson to me is kind of the he'll be the canary in the coal mine because if he plays, they're going young. Wow. Uh, his upside
0: he's, he's great, but he's raw. He's 20 years old.
1: Yeah. I mean, they they, were, they, they they drafted some other guys that weekend that are four full years older than he is. I mean, four years older than him. So I, I think they're born going in to go
0: Ninety-nine. He was uh, born insane. in 99. Oh my God. He doesn't remember anything. Like he, he probably barely remembers the economic crash in 2008. He's like, so, you know, he's like he was born with a cell phone. And, like, he, like, got an email address. Like, he had his birth certificate emailed to him when he was born. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, so uh, they're not even millennials at that point, are they? Uh, uh, he's, like, sub-millennial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gen Z, I think they call it.
0: Yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's finish. I'll ask you this. We'll get out of here. Uh, Win total projection Ooh. is what we throw out there. But instead, I'm going to ask you, what do you think the ceiling is and what's the floor for the Dolphins? And what is, more importantly, a successful season for the Dolphins in 2020?
1: That's a, there's a lot of parts to that question. There
0: are. Uh,
1: I, I will say this. Um, I, they will play meaningful December games this year. Okay. They will, they will, well, that's they will, a
0: success in my mind right there.
1: Totally. Because it's going to be a function of the AFC East being substantially worse than it's been in a long time, or at least in the top end. Um, I think we've discussed this in the past. I, I, I think Josh Allen's a complete fraud. Uh, I think the Bills are due for an 8-8 eight eight season this year. I think the Patriots are due for a 9-7 and season this year. So I think 9-7, and 10-6 is going to win uh, the AFC East. And all that means is you have to get the six wins before December arrives. The Dolphins can win six of their first 13 games, wherever it's going to be. And the, the question is, what do they do down the stretch? I, I, I got to call up the schedule. They have they, – they, their last half of the season is crazy. They have four straight games against just the Dregs, like awful, awful teams. And then the last four are – like. Playoff teams every single week.
0: Patriots at Raiders at Bills. Yikes!
1: So, I mean, there's. uh, I do see a path for them being relevant in December, and then their youth and their their lack of talent and all that failing them. But uh, they're going to be a much more competitive team, particularly early in the season than they were last year last year was crazy man they were they were picking guys up off the street on on wednesday and playing them on sunday that you're not going to see that this year it's going to be a real it's going to be a real roster run run the correct way
0: adam beasley at adam h beasley on twitter great friend of the show read him on the miami herald check out his podcast Bees always a pleasure buddy thanks man Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.